2: Welcome to the Pat Mayo Experience presented by DraftKings 2021 week 12 NFL best bets the gold the silver the bronze coming at you I do want to let you know to play in the best tournament on DraftKings the Pat Mayo Experience listeners League. link is down in the description. Free Max, $15 to play, rake free. So go do that. Sub to the newsletter, sub to Mayo Media Network, and smash the like button for the episode. Additionally, if you want to get into a draw to win one of three prizes for $100 cash, all you need to do is go on to Apple Podcasts, rate and review the Pat Mayo Experience audio podcast, five stars, something nice and Twitter handle or email or some way that I can contact you, and you will be good to go. On that we'll be announcing the winners next week. Rob Pizzola had a bad... Thanksgiving with his Dallas Cowboys coming up on the short end. And Cam Stewart had too good of a Thanksgiving. He is out sick today. So playing the part of Cam Stewart with the picks that Cam has sent us. So Cam's picks are still locked in is Jeff Feinberg. What's going on?
3: <laughs> what up? I This is probably a bit of a letdown for most since Cam is the best. But here I am. And I would say I got some of my breaks in this industry having to pitch in for cam or fill in for cam, or I'm going to need you a little on the mic today. geoff off from cam. So here I am, baby, let's go Rob
2: producing that show back in the day. Like, what was it like if cam had to bring in Jeff to do some of this stuff, what's that like as the producer?
4: So what, what Jeff is saying right now is not an exaggeration. This happened literally 10 minutes before every single show where Cam would start to come down with some sort of illness, say that he didn't feel well and that someone else is going to have to jump on the mic for him. And we'd have to be like, Cam, you're the host. Like, it's okay. Like, we'll we'll help you through it in the talk pack. He's like, no, off. Hainzer, you know, you guys are going to really have to get on the mic today. I'm not feeling so good, but this is, I'm not exaggerating every single day of the week that this happened. The one time I actually mentioned it to Cam before the show was the angriest he ever got at me in his entire life like 10 minutes before the show, he's like, Pizzola, Pizzola. I'm like, I I know, Cam, you don't feel well today. He's like, what did you say to me? What did you say? And he just stormed over to my desk and completely lost. The the only time Cam really ever lost it on me. But uh, yeah, that was, it was a shit show. That's the best way to put it, Pat. On a daily basis, it was an absolute shit show.
2: Was this a product, Jeff, of you having to go get him all that Chinese food all the time before the show?
3: No, well, we, I think, put in a rule where he can no longer eat Manchu Walk, which is essentially like Canadian Panda Express for, for context, because he would just – it would just knock him out. It would just knock him out. And understand, like, we don't go on the air till 4. So you get hungry, he wants to eat a full lunch, and you don't think it's going to knock you out, but you eat that. And as you get closer to 4 o'clock, like, you just – It just hits you, and you you just become so fatigued. I guess missiles of Pepsi. Um, So yeah, even like double like Whopper Wednesdays were more encouraging than than the than the like boxes full of Chinese food.
2: Well, it was a good Thanksgiving betting for me. And I know that you guys were hard on the bills. Uh, Unfortunately, Pizzola, I had uh, going against your Dallas Cowboys really turned out well for me. And in what has to be some of the freest money that has ever been given out, was that Jimmy Graham over under prop at seven and a half yards? Did the books not realize that he was playing in this game? I, I don't quite understand how that happened. But are you worried about the Cowboys yet, Pizzola?
4: I'm not. I mean, listen, uh, Let's call it out for what it is. They played a bad game yesterday, but still got pretty hosed by the officiating. Like that was a brutal game to watch, even as a neutral fan, even though it went to overtime and it was close, all the pass interference penalties, especially the one in overtime. Like, I understand if you don't look back at the ball, but like, if you don't make contact with the defender, I don't know how you get called for defensive pass interference. I'm not worried. I mean, this, like every team is kind of going to have a stretch over the course of the season where. They're, they look like they're in rough shape. If they go to New Orleans next week and end up losing on Thursday to potentially Trevor Simeon again, then I'll be a little bit worried. But as it stands now, I still think that they have a top five offense in the league. The defense, while it can be hit or miss, still generates some turnovers, pretty good on underneath stuff. So uh, I'm not going to concern myself too much with it right now, but uh, next week will be very telling, I think.
3: no favors for the afc west like come on man they go one and and three against (laughs) the afc west they when if i come out on the short end of it they will have probably played a a pivotal role they've lost two home games as touchdown or more favorites to the afc west
4: i don't know what it is i like we did the show a few weeks ago where I had Denver as one of my plays. I think it was like my first silver pick win of the entire year in week nine or whatever it was a horrible run for silver picks. But yeah, I mean, it's like Dallas got way out ahead of the division very quickly. I don't want to say that motivation is a factor or non-factor, but who knows? Uh, they rested Prescott for a week in which they actually ended up winning, uh, but he was rusty coming back off of the bye as well. I don't know. It's just a w- very weird team to gauge right now, but I think, ultimately like if we're talking about NFL teams in terms of stocks like this would probably be your buy low point on Dallas going forwards I don't think it really gets much worse than this I hope I like I hope it doesn't get much worse than this but like that's how I just feel about the team right now
2: well, taking a look back at last week, it was a kind of a struggle bus for the three of us on this show. I was one in two, finally lost another gold pick, so that drops me to nine and two on that. But uh, fortunately, Rob, you continue your good gold picks with Washington plus three cam Cincinnati minus one that came through cam silver pick Houston plus 10 that came through. <laughs> so he was still two and one for the weeks. So we were right around 500. And it ends a really nice run for us for like three weeks in a row on this show. So we now with Jeff here, but still giving out cams picks. I think we need to get back on track. What do you think?
4: I think so. I mean, we got like hosed by some injury news last week as well. I think the saints injury report turned out to be a lot worse than we anticipated when we were talking on Friday. And then uh, I think my bronze pick was Baltimore minus four. And obviously like Lamar Jackson had the worst (laughs) cold in the history of, (laughs) of the world or something. Like how do, how do you like not practice Wednesday, (laughs) Thursday, you come back to practice Friday like, full practice, good to go, shows, I don't know. He had, like, some sort of weird, he's had some weird illnesses this year. I don't know what's going on with that guy. Immune system not that strong, I would say. But uh, hopefully we don't
3: get a, a situation like that this week. I think it would have been like that kid in elementary school i have been so jealous of. Like, he'd get so sick. and be stay home all the time from school. I mean, you know, COVID's its own thing. But this guy, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> And like, he's not injury prone, but he's got like a weak tummy.
2: I think that he just had what I I mean, I could barely talk or breathe last week on this show. I just think he had what I had. You
3: think
4: you think like he just toughed it out like you did on Friday practice? And then he's just like, no, I can't I can't do this.
2: Well, I I don't know, because like throughout the course of the week, like some days I would feel fine. And then when I woke up on Friday morning to record with you guys, I was like death. and like couldn't do Mm -hmm. anything for two days. And then I got better all of a sudden. So I
4: think that's where he was at. It's very possible. Like the, I, I really strongly feel like the Ravens were the right side last week. That's the only reason I bring it up. They still won the game against Chicago by three points, even though they, um, you know, and we had them as four point favorite. I have to feel like Lamar Jackson would have made some sort of difference over uh, who started like McSorley, I don't I remember who, who it was. It was. was no, was it? I don't remember. It, it was, it was so horrible. I didn't watch the game. Like I didn't watch other than what appeared
3: on red zone. I didn't see anything, but it was terrible. It's a terrible game. It was Hunley from Utah, not like the old Hunley from UCLA that backed up Rogers for a couple of years. Brett, Brett, Hunley, or yeah, that Brett, I know people were there. mixing them up, uh, <laughs> like Sunday morning last week.
4: We you know, like, I don't, I don't even really. I, I, once Lamar was out, it was just a full depression mode because I like, I actually bet on that game with my own personal money as well. I'm not just giving out picks for the sake of giving picks. I had, like a pretty sizable bet on the Ravens. So, when that kind of stuff happens, you just like kind of try to turn your brain off from everything that's going on and just pray for the best. And uh, unfortunately, that uh, I mean, I hope now hold a grudge against Lamar, even though I shouldn't, but like that's just the way that betting, you know, goes. And uh, on to this week, I guess.
2: Well, let's get to the gold picks. All lines you can find from the show on DraftKings Sportsbook. Go play. On DraftKings Sportsbook. There's even a promo offer, D-O-P, for our friends at the Dogger Pass podcast. You like deposit like five bucks, you get like a hundred bucks or something like that. Whatever it may be, just if you sign up for DraftKings Sportsbook, use code D-O-P. You will be good to go. This one sucks because I bet this number earlier in the week at two and a half, and now I'm looking at DraftKings Sportsbook, and it's three and a half. I don't know if I love the three and a half is the problem. Um, but I really like the Bucks to beat the Colts this week. And, you know, there is a huge difference between two and a half and three and a half, but I still just kind of think that the Bucks beat the pants off them in this. I, I think they're a significantly better team. I think this is a case of Buccaneers are sort of out of sight, out of mind at the moment. People kind of forget how good they are, where the Colts are the team right now uh especially in the afc them and the patriots where every time that we've seen this so far this season like here's the trendy team oh is this a super bowl contender look at all the teams that they beat that they just come out and lay an absolute egg the next week like wasn't cincinnati the one seed like three weeks ago in the afc yeah there was-,
4: was like a, a more than three weeks ago but yeah I, th- I think that the bengals for a while were the number one seed yeah
3: there was a run, as I spoke about on our show, Pat, for about like five weeks, from weeks like three to nine, maybe more, where a new team up until Tennessee got the one seed would get the one seed in the AFC. It was very much like I'm not even a college basketball fan, but it would be like this thing where teams get into the one spot, then they would like instantly lose. Uh, and the Chargers, Bengals, Ravens, Bills, everyone was a part of it. It's been that weird uh, carousel till till. Tennessee has kind of grabbed it, but we'll see what happens Sunday.
2: So the two and a half would be my gold pick, but that seems to be no longer available. I know you can find it at three in some places if you do go look around. So I'm going to pivot off my gold pick here, guys. And Jeff, I'm going to wow. take the uh, my second favorite game, which was my silver pick, bump it up to gold, which I know that you gave out as your super lock on my show. I like Carolina minus two at the Dolphins. Here's a fun fact about the Dolphins. They're not good. So, Carolina should have no problems in this one. I think this this just reeks of a 23 to 10 game to me. It's a really bad matchup for what the Dolphins defense does well uh and trying to take away what the Panthers do well because those things just don't really mesh whatsoever. Uh, so I like the Panthers here, uh, and I know you do you do too, Jeff.
3: Yeah, I gave them as my super lock uh on the week. You kind of did a great sell job on that show, but it is strictly. Matchup based in Miami, they give up the most quarterback pressures in the entire league. Carolina with a very young defense, uh, like they can attack and they they can cause a lot of problems there. My one concern is Carolina giving up nearly the second most pressures in the league this year. But I don't think Miami can take advantage of it the way that um, Carolina can that mismatch as well. Miami being hyper aggressive on the defense. Little dink passes from Rule to McCaffrey or or more kind of sets up perfectly, as you said, far more concise than I did, Pat.
2: Yeah, it's just really the playmakers on the Carolina side of the ball. Like they have so many explosive make one guy miss and they're gone type players. Uh, and especially when you have that dual threat of Cam in the backfield where you're going to have to put someone on him. Like the Dolphins run defense is pretty good. But we've seen running quarterbacks kind of make a mockery, really, of a lot of these really good run defenses. That's sort of the cheat code against them. And the spot where you want to take advantage of Carolina is on the ground. And Rob, Miami just doesn't run the ball. They can't run the ball.
4: Pat, I don't know if you installed some sort of spyware on my computer or something, but I woke up this morning and I dropped Tampa Bay from my gold pick to something lower because of the line. And I elevated Carolina to my gold pick for this week. So we are unanimously in agreement. I don't know. We've had some some good runs and bad runs on the unanimous agreement this year. But like, first of all, I think this is the game that Tua comes back down to earth. Like he's benefited immensely from playing the Falcons, the Jags, and the Jets in three of his last four starts, which are three of the worst four DVOA pass defenses in the entire league. You guys mentioned it, like the Carolina defense. It's a different beast. They blitz a lot. They generate a ton of pressure. And for me, I look at Miami's best weapons, Mike Gasicki. Okay, well, Shaq Thompson's the best cover linebacker in the entire league this season. Carolina is number one in success rate allowed against tight ends. Jalen Waddell. Has anyone seen Stephon Gilmore's number since coming over from New England? He's played four games. He's only been targeted six times and he's given up three receptions. Like, I think Carolina has defensively, like, the, the, perfect personnel for this Miami offense and then like we haven't even talked about Cam Newton yet I faded Carolina with my gold pick last week like Cam didn't play poorly that was more so that Taylor Heineke actually had a really good game you know Cam wasn't great but he was a step up from what we saw last season and Gioff just hit the nail on the head like Miami blitz is a ton this is like one of those dink and dunk games get the ball into Christian McCaffrey's hands really quickly let him do some work and I just don't think the Miami defense has an answer for that. They're, they're not going to change their style. They blitz heavily. It doesn't matter who they play. And this is a great team to drop the ball off to the running back whenever they're pressured. So uh, I love the matchup advantage for Carolina on both sides of the ball. I think this game should be Carolina minus three. And when you're getting minus two, that's very good value on a Friday in the NFL. So I like the Panthers.
2: Why is it only minus two? Who's betting on the Dolphins here?
4: Well, like I said, I think Miami's perception, like the perception of Miami's, potentially skewed a bit just based off of like some recency bias and the opponents that they've faced. I don't know who's going to bet Miami, but Carolina lost last week in the first game that Cam Newton was back. The average fan might just think like, oh, the Panthers, like they're not very good. Um, I, I, I still think that there's a pretty sizable difference between these two teams. And on top of it, I think one just matches up very well with the other. All
2: right, so, Jeff, acting as Cam, can you give us your gold pick, please?
3: Yeah, as Cam, my gold pick is going to be the Giants against the Eagles this week. And I guess I could pull from the argument you made as it pertained to Indianapolis being this hyper-trendy team. Uh, You listed a couple. The NFC-trendy team at the moment, I guess, would be Philly and Minnesota. Like, they're sort of hitting their ceiling. I would argue the love for Philly, though, has hit its ceiling. And the Giants off Monday night is a total uh, buy low scenario. I know, Just like knowing Cam, Cam is all about this in a nutshell. And not to say it's a bad strategy. He's buying a team uh, at its low point versus a team on its ceiling. And I believe he got a big point or half point on the advance line here. Well, what did the Eagles prove? They beat, as Rob pointed out, like a really shorthanded Saints team. And we're sort of seeing the Saints hit a wall in many ways with injuries and in in other respects. And Jason Garrett's gone. Maybe that's just new life for the Giants, who I'm crazy. Maybe I'm one of the crazy people that likes the playmakers in New York. Should be a really fun game. Retiring Strahan's number. Cammy's taken the three and a half. Also, the Giants they've paid played really well against they've really struggled against like better teams full on better coaching staff teams where they're really outmanned out talent wise but when you sort of match them up in a team in their talent scope they've competed all season long so cammy's on the giants plus three and a half
2: uh i would like to have you do a giant sound effect please
4: roar like he, he uses roar for everything it doesn't matter yeah, Roar!
3: What... I like i was thinking lying at like uh, like no, no he's, he's gonna ro- he roars for everything it doesn't Be matter what bye, do. foe,
4: <laughs> that's pretty good cam would never do that but that's really good it, like cam cam does bird sounds and roars that's horse? what he does horse sounds oh he does the horse sounds i yeah. forgot he does the horse sounds as well you know, actually, you know what? He may, maybe that would have been out of the Cam playbook. I just ha- he hasn't picked the Giants this year, so we we don't know. We haven't gotten to see it, but maybe that's something that he will adopt. It was a pretty good one.
2: Like the the Giants are straight up bad. Uh I actually made this pick on the spread pick show. I don't think it's going to get a cent of my real money. But the way that you kind of described it is what I assume Cam sees. It's kind of what I saw in it too. Like. I have no idea if Philly is good or not. Um, when you look at things like DVOA or pro football focus, like they they do pass. They're inside the top 10 overall as a team. And getting the offensive line completely healthy again has really coincided with their rise up. I do worry about, it's really the hook in this game. These division games, Rob, just, I feel like we see them all the time. And I, I don't want to quote Cust as having made a good point here, but the upgrade from Freddie Kitchens, from Jason Garrett, people forget that Freddie Kitchens was actually like a good coordinator the year that he was a good coordinator. He was just a terrible head coach. Maybe he right. can figure something out with his offense.
4: Yeah, the the three games that were on my shortlist have already been selected this week, or at least <laughs> talked about. The Giants were going to be one of my plays. So, I mean, if we want to just move to silver picks, the Giants are my silver pick this week. Okay, And, like, this isn't going to be the most compelling case on top of what the has said on behalf of Cam here. But, like, I don't think this line should be three and a half. I mean, here's the thing about the giants. Jeff hit home on it, but like when they take a big step up in class, they get killed. Like it's happened against the bucks happened to the Cowboys happened to the Rams where they got smoked. But when they play opponents that are more in their punching weight, they beat the Raiders. They beat the Panthers. They beat the saints. They lost a very close game to the chiefs lost a very close game to Washington. Like, I don't think that they're a dreadful team. And they looked horrible against the Bucs last week. But you have to remember that the Bucs blitz at a very high rate, the second highest rate in the NFL. And Daniel Jones, when he gets blitzed, it's like deer in the headlights. He doesn't really know what to do. Philadelphia doesn't blitz. They haven't changed this over the course of the entire season. They are the third lowest blitzing team in the entire league. They like to play coverage. That's what they do because their secondary is not great and they don't want to get that secondary exposed. You got Darius Slade banged up. We don't know if he's going to play, but I just kind of feel like aside from the number not being there, there's like an element of gut feeling here for me that Jason Garrett is gone, and he's just so bad at play calling and coordinating this offense that I feel like the Giants just come out with a much more effective game plan. Like if you look at New York on paper offensively, even though they've suffered through like a ton of injuries this year, they should not have an offense that's this bad. And I do think kitchens is a big upgrade. I think on a short week or or, yeah, on a short week, he calls a better game overall, but I I can't get to this number. I think it's like a recency bias on the Eagles where they're just become like the talk of the NFC, like, like Jeff mentioned. And uh, I'm not buying it. I think this is the game, a game that the giants win outright. Personally, I will take the three and a half points. Oh, so
2: Jeff Cam Silver pick is Cincinnati minus four against the Pittsburgh Steelers, which you can get right now for a minus one ten at DraftKings Sportsbook. I feel like you're actually on the other side of this game, so I'm curious to hear this.
3: Yeah, I didn't really love either side. It's just I took the road dog, or I took the dog getting more than three and a half in both AFC North games for our show earlier this week thinking I I think I'll come out level in that I don't have a strong real money opinion on either of them I can say that I do think in some respects how Pittsburgh played the last 20 minutes on Sunday night really flipped the perception of Pittsburgh heading into this game like if that game ends with the Chargers winning by 14 or 17 like it kind of felt like it was set up to do other than the Chargers being insane and driving me crazy um maybe the Bengals are far more popular than they are but Pittsburgh may have created a mirage in in terms of our perception of them they just tied detroit so let's not remove and the Chargers charged um in classic charger fashion so let's not overrate any thing they did well the Bengals are um nice road win and in Oakland, where they ran the ball effectively, Uh big AFC North game. The Bengals get to seven and four. This is a huge game for the Bengals' playoff probabilities, I assume, as well. And the Raiders give up um, – sorry, the Steelers give up big chunk plays to running backs. We saw it with Eckler. and probably do the exact same thing, friends.
2: They also have a terrible pass defense, and that just seems like something that Cincinnati is going to exploit. I actually really like Cincinnati in this game, and I think that the four is going to throw a lot of people off. Based on what you said about the, the last vision that people have, about pittsburgh is watching the end of the sunday night game was like oh man is pittsburgh back and then no one really watched cincinnati beat the crap out of the raiders because everyone was watching that kansas city and dallas game that was going on at the same time that maybe cincinnati is kind of you know, they went through their little lull of having a bad month or bad three games in a row and it seems like they're coming out the other side of it rob the only big thing here is Pittsburgh has one of the best pass rushes in football, if they're healthy, and they seem to be. It's Cincinnati has a problem blocking. That seems to be the only advantage that Pittsburgh has in this game.
4: Yeah, it looks like T.J. Watt is heading towards playing this week. They get Minka Fitzpatrick back off the COVID list. Potentially Joe Hayden will play as well. We don't know. I think he was limited in practice. So there could be some reinforcements on defense. For me, I don't think the Bengals are very good. That's my opinion. I felt that they were a paper tiger for most of the year, and I still strongly believe that. Even the final score, I think, against Las Vegas last week was extremely misleading, as they piled it on towards the end of the game. But the box score stats were very similar, and if you looked at that just that box score and not that final score, you would struggle to to see one of the teams blowing the other team out. Um, Pittsburgh, too. Like this has kind of been the spot for them uh, notoriously under Tomlin, right? Like Pittsburgh is very much that te- it's like, it sounds really dumb to say it, but you just don't want to bet the Steelers when they're favored and you kind of want to take them when they're underdogs. And if you've only done that under the Mike Tomlin tenure, you probably own like a private Island off the coast of the Caribbean or something like that. Cause they always seem to cover <laughs> in these types of spots. Um, I, I don't have a strong opinion on the game. I don't really like either of these teams. Definitely. I can, see why Cam likes the Bengals because the Steelers are what he would like. You know, he brings it up on the show all the time, but the Steelers will be a publicly backed underdog this week. He loves to fade teams in those spots where all, you know, everybody's looking at one team that they think has a chance to win. He'll happily go against that. So I can see that from his point of view, but uh, I struggle with laying four points with Cincinnati, who's played an extremely easy schedule this year. I think that they're much worse than, than people think i think the perception of them is that they're better than they are
2: all right so it's time for my silver pick and i had the bucks then carolina i had to scrap the bucks because of that point that went up i still might end up going to the bucks here for the silver one so i had maybe we can do this now of where i kind of throw out some of the games that are on my shortlist that i feel good about but not great about and this usually works out in my favor here um jeff i probably shouldn't ask you this one but i'm kind of digging the broncos plus two and a half now
3: yeah sure i i should be a good game. I just think these are now the games the chargers win um, need to win. You look at the teams that have beaten the chargers this year, the Dallas Cowboys, the Baltimore Ravens um, really, really good football teams. You know, at least we can say what you want about the Vikings. I don't think Denver is that. So I think it's guaranteed to be close and the chargers lose or the chargers win because I don't think Denver's good enough to, to keep us um, from keeping it a game. That being said, I'm not as confident as I was in the three months I crave Denver. Like, I want to play Denver. Want to play Denver. Can't wait to play Denver. But you look at that division. They control their own destiny, and they have a huge hammer punch to throw. I don't know if they're good enough, but their next two games are against the Chargers and the Chiefs. The Chiefs are on a bye this week, so in Denver's mind, in Denver's locker room, on their bye, in preparation, we win our next two games, we're in first freaking place. Crazy, but true. Yeah,
2: it's just the number. Yeah, like, it, And now it's kind of like, you bet it at one and a half, which I mean, I probably would have jumped on if I had saw it earlier in the week too. Then it went up oh, like, I bet it
3: before Sunday. I never do advanced line, but I've just been wanting to eat Denver for three months. We haven't played them once yet. Apparently they have five division games left, which is insane. Yeah, it's like Washington
2: uh, in the NFC East. If they can just run, run the table in their division schedule, they might win the division somehow, which is kind of insane to think. They're not going to do it, but you know they could theoretically. I just like Teddy as an underdog, Rob, just straight up. Almost like you said about Pittsburgh, Teddy's just kind of that guy.
4: I get it. We know what the Chargers are going to do. It's likely they're (laughs) going to play a close game. So when you are betting on a close, you know, when you're betting a team that's likely going to play a close game, I'd much be, I'd be much more inclined to take the points than I would to lay them. And I know it's only two and a half, but there's actually so many games that land on one and two now. Because of the PAT rules, teams Mm -hmm. going for two pointers more often. It's a way more valuable number than it used to be. Whereas, like, I think back in the day, I would be like, ah, you know, I kind of need to get a three here to bet Denver. Uh, Ones and twos aren't dead anymore. So, for me, it's a a Denver or nothing type of game. Uh, I I don't really know what we're going to get here. I think these are like two very high variance teams where. Uh, I I have little confidence in selecting a side here, but um, yeah, I mean, just based off of the track record of the Chargers, I'd say it would be Broncos
3: or pass. What is the spread if the Chargers, like in what we're saying, Pittsburgh was miraged maybe in a public perception. What would the spread be had the Chargers not charged in typical fashion um, through the finish?
2: Like if they had just won by like 14?
3: Yeah, if they just finished that game... Um, without the block punt and the pick, the pick at the eight. But here's the thing, Jeff.
4: Like you, you talked about betting the
3: advance line of one and a half.
4: This has already been adjusted up. Like the Chargers are getting a small boost from their win last week, even though it ended up being a close game at the finish.
3: Yeah, that's that is um, a very good point. And as I said in our spread show, Pat, seeing Roethlisberger comfortable in the pocket. Like, Teddy's great on third down. He doesn't turn the ball over. We couldn't really make Ben uncomfortable outside of, like, seven plays. Why would Teddy be any different if not better? So, yeah, I I am less confident today than I was a week ago at the prospects of this game, especially off a bye. And Herbert has struggled the most against defensive gurus, which I guess is fair but in in the modern NFL, Fangio, I think, definitely counts as a defensive guru.
4: Yep.
2: yep. I, I don't know if Denver still has the personnel, though, is the problem on defense. Between injuries not. and trades Chubbs
4: now. 50-50. Yeah. yeah, in the front seven, they've been pretty battered all year long. And then obviously getting rid of Von Miller is not going to help their pass rush either. So, uh, I yeah, I mean... It's not the same Broncos personnel, but the Chargers defense right now is they're giving up. It's bad. And they're giving up a ton. And And Rob,
3: uh, I was saying to to Pat that it's so bad. Pittsburgh almost may have set the Chargers up for a horrific finish because teams would just run for four yards of play and the Chargers would live with that, trying to win a high leverage third down or hold you or whatever. Now teams, I think watching the Pittsburgh take note, you can just march any way you want, I think, on the Chargers. You don't need to just run for four yards. Go get 40.
4: Yeah. Um, what What's the situation with the Chargers? Like, is Asante
3: Samuel playing this week? He's had two concussions now in, like, four weeks, so I think they're going to just chill with him. Um, yeah, it's a bit of a... Because Denver's he, pretty deep at receiver, too, right? Um, yeah, yeah, and the Chargers got CFLers in the secondary <laughs> right
4: now, so it could be a problem.
3: Now, you guys have heard me talk about Beam
2: before. They're a functional wellness brand founded by former pro athletes that make products to help you pursue your better and push the boundaries of what's possible. And for a limited time only, Beam's best-selling sleep product, Dream Powder Hot Coca, now comes in white chocolate peppermint just in time for winter. It's triple lab-tested and contains the ultimate sleep-promoting ingredients. Nano CBD, Reishi, Magnesium, Ithenane and Melatonin, and no added sugar or artificial sweeteners. Drink a cup of White Chocolate Peppermint Dream right before bedtime for the best sleep you'll ever had. I had not been sleeping well, so I was like, hey, Beam, send me some of this stuff so I can test it out before I talk about it. Great sleeps ever since. Really helped me out when I was super sick, too, Just allowed me the recovery time and rest I needed to get back to doing the shows and reading these ads. All for you. People absolutely love Dream. In the reviews, Matt G. This is from the Matt G. He said, tastes great, gets me ready for feeling and falling asleep, allows me to have a great night's sleep so that I will recover better. Great stuff. And if I happen to forget to drink it, I can definitely tell the difference. So that's pretty awesome. I actually just super enjoy Beam because if I'm drinking the night before I take like the hangover one and I just feel great in the morning. Uh, No lingering side effects of the alcohol that I've consumed which is really what I need at my advanced age. White chocolate peppermint dream only lasts for a limited time so get it while it's hot Great news! If you subscribe now, you can take advantage of Beam's best sale of the year for Black Friday and Cyber Monday. You'll get 40% off the first three months of Peppermint Dream subscription, plus a free mug and frother, or 20% off a one-time purchase. Again, this is Beam's biggest offer of the year, and just like this new flavor, it won't last long. Head to beamorganics.com slash mayo. That's B-E-A-M organics.com slash mayo for 40% off the first three months of a Peppermint Dream subscription, plus a free mug and frother, or 20% off a one-time purchase, pause, or cancel at any time. Even though you're far from ordinary, the truth is that ED is really common. In fact, 52% of guys age 40 to 70 experience some form of erectile dysfunction. the benefits of ED treatment can help you reconnect with your partner and, here's the good part, rediscover the joy of sex. Roman's system is completely confidential and totally discreet. No big logos or labels on the packages. With Roman, you can get a free online evaluation and ongoing care for erectile dysfunction, all from the comfort and privacy of your home. A U.S.-licensed healthcare professional will work with you to find the best treatment plan. If medication is appropriate, it ships to you free with two-day shipping. The whole process is straightforward, convenient, and discreet. Getting started? Also simple. Just go to GetRoman.com slash Mayo and complete an online visit. Go to getroman.com/slash mayo today. And if you're prescribed, get $15 off your first month of ED treatment. Make sure you're ready to have confidence and control this fall. Roman ready. The best bet from this game. Sorry for Chargers Radio. No, no. Hey, well, listen, you can tune into Finebolt on Mayo Media Network for a more in-depth believe
4: one. I believe I was the first ever guest on Finebolt, if I yeah. recall correctly. Yeah, you
3: might have been. Yeah, it's true. The best bet in this game
2: is Melvin Gordon anytime touchdown.
4: Just a trigger, Jeff. It's true. It's true. (laughs) true. But you know
3: it's going to happen. You know it's going to happen. But he could also fumble at the goal line or maybe get carted off. You never know. He could, but he could also score a touchdown, which he will. Well, he's
4: probably been a good bet for like two touchdowns. Yeah, it's true. Multiple touchdown score. Something absurd. I could totally see Melvin Gordon just like ruining Chargers fans like mental health on Sunday I could see it happening Whatever. so so <laughs>
2: I don't know if I have the utmost confidence in that but the other games that I'm looking at right now are the Texans minus two and a half the Jags plus one and a half at home against Atlanta Rob where do you stand on the Rams and Packers game
4: I like the Rams uh, I mean you have a quarterback that's flat out telling you that he is injured and dealing with an injury that is affecting his play. Uh, we're speculating on Stafford's back. Well, no one really knows there, but uh, I just think that the Rams are a pretty tough matchup for the Packers. I mean, in, in even the three games that you mentioned there, Pat, like I'm completely opposite on the Jags Falcons. Like I think the Falcons are the team that they stink, but whenever they face like the teams that are worse than them, they win. Yep. That's just like their, their MO for me. So I want nothing to do with the Jags, Um, Houston and the jets. You might be the only person with a rooting interest in that in the entire world, I think potentially Pat on Sunday as well, but yeah, I like the Rams a little bit here. I I know that they've shifted to a favorite and you're kind of like losing a little bit of the line value that you would have gotten with them as a a smaller underdog earlier in the week. But uh, I mean, there's, like I said, just if, if we're valuing this game and we're, trying to put a number on this game. I think this is a fair price if you made Aaron Rodgers a healthy quarterback. And I like, he's just not at the same level that he seems to have been earlier on in the year, especially not in the Seattle game. He will improve over time because of it, but um, you know, you're doing press conferences where you have to show your foot and stuff like that. It's just uh, I mean, I mean, maybe it's already baked into the market, but uh, I just, I feel like the Rams are the right side here
2: feels that way. Oh. Like Bakhtiari had that knee procedure again, to kind of clean it up, to get yeah. him ready for the playoffs. So the offensive line's not going to be at a hundred percent. We just saw them struggle with Minnesota. I think we all think that the Rams are probably better, but at least not on par with where the Vikings are at. And they probably, although the Rams are another team, Jeff, that are like in a lull right now. So do they, do they need to come out of this?
3: Uh, yeah. And uh, Arizona keeps making their move. I will say the Packers also suffered another huge season ending injury on their O-line, so having to work in, like, brand-new rotations when you're going to have to, like, put two and a half bodies on Aaron Donald, not a good scene. The only thing I could defend the case of Rodgers and his health and the Packers here with is Aaron Rodgers is so that guy to, like, showing his foot, like, who – what?! He's literally trying to like build up how hurt he is, so when he succeeds, it appears that much more Herculean, in like a very Brooks Kepka way. No, it, we know, it, oh yeah, but we think know, know you're I, amazing. I think that we he was trying. Distra- I think
2: that he was trying to dispel the rumor that he had something called COVID toe, COVID toe. which was which yeah. reported. <laughs> yes, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> but that that like, was a real thing that was going around last week. He's like, no, just look at my foot. I have a broken pinky or a broken uh, small toe
4: he didn't want the woke mob to come after him again for any COVID related things. And uh, yeah, I think Pat's right. He just wanted to like, I don't have COVID toe. I have a legitimate foot injury. I will show you Uh, that was, uh, I mean, I've never seen anything like that before. I'm sure Rex Ryan liked it quite a bit with his foot fetish, but aside from that, uh, it was a very, very, very weird thing to do.
2: Yeah, th- there was another thing, too. I think it was, uh, I mean, so he's showing his foot to show that off. Someone told, like, I think Ocho Osenko that Ocho Senko was broke. So he just, like, pulled up, like, his online banking app and, like, showed the guy how much money he had in a checking account. He's like, yeah, my, if my net value is, like, $2 million, what do you say about this? People are just, you know, in your face, like, hey, you wanna, you want to make false accusations about me? Here you go. Here's the proof i like it i like where people are going with this
4: so do i you got to put people in their place sometimes there's a lot of keyboard warriors out there me and jeff get this a lot every now and then i like to just mute and move on but uh every now and then i get some guy that he's just beyond muting and i got to put him in his place and i don't like to do it but uh, i get angered and uh good on chad ochocinco chad Cinco is actually he actually follows me on twitter you guys don't know this but uh I once had, Jeff will know this, but I once held a Guinness world record in FIFA for the largest margin of victory against a computer opponent. And Chad Johnson watched this, Chad Ochocinco watched this, and he was just like, DM'd me on Twitter. He's like, yo man, I'll I'll tear you up in FIFA. Like, let's have a game. And we really tried to to make it work and get him in at the score to face me in FIFA. And he was playing for the Montreal Alouettes. They were going to have a road trip to Toronto and of course he got injured the week before, never made it to Toronto so I never got to have that FIFA game. He probably would have smoked me. I will admit it. he plays a lot of FIFA, but uh, he's a good dude. I'm glad he put uh, I'm glad he put a keyboard warrior in his place.
2: Why is it that when you have is it just because the, the guys that go to the CFL after the fact are either washed or they just legit don't care anymore because like none of them it's always like you're middling. NFL player that goes to the CFL that turns out to be awesome. Not any of like the actual names that go to the CFL.
3: No, no one goes to the CFL and becomes awesome. They usually just get awesome at the CFL and then go to the NFL. <laughs> no, they were like, right. Bra- like Bra- no, no like, one.
2: Brandon Banks was like a decent kick returner for Washington. He goes to the CFL. He's like the best player of all time.
3: Okay. Yeah, you're right. Cause there are a lot of like undrafted free agents or late draft picks that get cut and then they come to the cfl that that i guess is uh is fair i, I don't, know. I I, don't like, know
4: I I feel like they just go to the cfl at the end of their careers because they still want to play it's nothing more than that it's just like no nfl team wants me anymore i feel like i got something left to give maybe i'll prove myself and head back to the nfl something like, like it's just guys
3: that want to play don't yeah, want to give it up. my memory is more like guys that are like yeah, it's like Chad Ocho Ricky Williams. I remember yeah. Andre Risen came for a bit, like, uh, and then many more in between, but I don't know.
2: I remember when Johnny Manziel ended up playing in the CFL yeah. for that short sit. Uh, I was on a bachelor party in Montreal, and he was at the same club that I was at. And he was smoking cigs out front. It was hilarious.
4: He was such a good fade in the CFL. I mean, he was a good fade in his NFL, like, br- brief NFL career, but yeah, he's. Uh, Man, I wish those lines would come back. I mean, people thought Manziel was going to be just suddenly tear up the league. Definitely. Like you need to be a certain style of quarterback to succeed in the CFL. The the field is much wider. You got to be able to hit that like quick out and have a lot of arm strength. And uh, yeah, Manziel, that was a pretty big failure. And now he's divorced say not not that, that. has anything to do with it i just saw that news article yesterday. yeah he's officially well divorced. his
3: wife was like posting some thought picks letting people know she's open for business yes. yeah but the cfl i don't want to go go ahead they have playoffs this weekend and they don't even have lines yet like the games are still off the board yeah it's, it's the uh, playoffs it's friday
4: yeah I, I don't know what to say like this this li- literally happened yesterday. My birthday falls on the Grey Cup this year, and my my friends are like, like, why Stop. don't we why don't we do like a Grey Cup birthday oh, party no. for you? I'm like, guys, like, you, are we even friends anymore? Do you even know me? Like, I'm why surprised would
3: they're not offering to take
4: you to Hamilton for the Grey Cup. Like, there's no chance. First, they would know that I would. They definitely know I'd be miserable in like some cold weather environment watching two teams I don't care about. But like. I'm I'm gonna be watching the end of the f- the four o'clock NFL games. Like I, I don't really care about the Grey Cup. Anyways, I think we've talked a lot about the No no no.
2: no. I lived in Calgary for one year and they I re- love it. And I remember when the, the like the week that the Grey Cup was on, it was a Sunday night football game. It was Steelers Ravens. I think it was like 2009 or something like that. And people were like, "Oh yeah, like we're going to like watch the Grey Cup." I was like, "Why are you?" gonna watch the gray cup you have probably the best football game of the week on right now you would seriously watch the cfl over the i was so confused about the i had to move from calgary it was just not my scene
4: the, the west coasters love it uh jeff and i when we were working at hardcore sports radio we had a bunch of guys from the west who just come into town like repping their cfl gear and they had to get out to watch the games and i i do, i like I get it. I guess we sh- we should feel like that in Toronto. It's just like the product for me isn't good enough for me to feel like that. So I I never will. But yeah, the the West Coast Canadians are just like they might as well just relocate all the East Coast teams to four more spots on the West and they probably do a whole lot better as a league.
2: Well, there are no East Coast teams. Um uh, well like effect.
4: so I yeah, like I'm I'm talking Central. You mean Seems that are in the middle
2: of the country, which you call Eastern Eastern.
4: Time Zone. Eastern Time Zone is what—that's, yeah, it's a little bit confusing, but that's what I was referring to. Like Toronto, to me is an is what I consider an East Coast CFL team because they play in the Eastern Time Zone. Ah, yes, I
2: see. Well, geographically, that would not be true.
4: No, it's not. It's definitely incorrect to say that from a geographic standpoint.
2: Ah, Yeah, I always enjoy when I I would be in downtown Toronto, the Grey Cup would be in Toronto. I would just see all these people who look wildly at it. You can always tell the people because they're just doing like the head up in the air, just looking up at all the really tall buildings. And they have starters jackets (laughs) repping like generic CFL brand from 1972 or something like that. It's like, what is going on here? They make leather jackets for football teams? Didn't realize that.
4: Jeff, I don't know if you like, you have any recollection of being at some random CFL party in Toronto with me. Like I maybe do. It was at like a downtown hotel. I don't even know yeah. what this was, no, but I I'm don't. just recalling yeah. all these CFL fans around me for a Grey Cup weekend, and I don't even remember what it was, but it's all coming back to me
3: now. We, it, what it, what's weird is, I don't know whether the schedule was off, but yeah, we were out. I think it might have even been the night of butt fumble.
1: Mm, it was yeah. a Thursday
3: night. Great cup week. I think we watched games with a lot of people from out of town with Cam and because great cup weekend. They hoard on the city and a bunch of like fans came in and then we went to some party and uh, I don't want to throw the guy under the bus here because I don't know. but Is this where like Cohen would tell people? Oh, he was around, a
4: CFL offensive hey, lineman.
3: People, like, he's a retired CFL <laughs> trying to pick up women or even say like yeah I like played for the bills a few snaps like and he's just some like aged late 30s like yeah uh, what a pathetic scene but i remember the night rob i remember the night it's it's all coming back to me i definitely recall the biggie who gave
4: himself the nickname the biggie by the way eric cohen going around to some party trying to pick up chicks by telling them he was an, a retired cfl offensive linemen as if this was going to be we'll put them over the edge like oh this guy played like literally made what like fifty thousand. it had to have a second job possibly like no offense to cfl lineman that's not what i'm getting at but like like if that's what your pickup line is i think you need to you need to take a step back and work on something new like that's it's not going to work
2: but okay, after going to the Super Bowl, and maybe it's because I mean, I've been in the city three times when there's like this during Super Bowl week, uh, versus I've been in a Grey Cup city, I think, three times as well. The fans of the team in the Super Bowl come to the city like when it was Patriots Eagles even though it was freezing in Minnesota you didn't see a whole lot of like Vikings fans around there's a bunch of Patriots fans there was a ton of Eagles fans but when
3: it was the great that's the thing in the CFL but like Like, but everyone everyone would come
2: for the great yeah I I didn't understand it's it's
3: just weird it's a weird dynamic everyone goes to the finals like it's this weird thing but I guess like the league is so small and communal yeah everyone goes to the great cup and they do have like we were probably at some like shitty part. Well, no, there's like a lot of parties and events and like I think fun things that they do. But I don't know. And this year's is in a greaser town like Hamilton, so <laughs> things will be getting greasy. Um, and I told Hustler if he comes into town, I'll come get greasy with him. But you're gonna go?
2: You're gonna go? Will we be streaming the Chargers game from your phone while you're? No, at the no, radio? not
3: to the Grey Cup. Like on. Um, like a party on like a Thursday or Friday or something in not ha- going to the great cup.
2: You would go to Hamilton for a party though.
3: Not a, uh, it's it can not be that far. Not, not a party, but I, I told, uh, just let me, yeah, I would, I would head out there. So just let me know that
2: you're going to be around and I'll be like, yeah, I'm not going to go, but it was nice talking to you.
3: You meet up
4: at a Tim Hortons for a coffee or something in Hamilton.
3: <laughs> no, that's not my scene either. But, um, <laughs> Yeah, I I don't know. We could have ended this conversation. CFL well, I, is like weird Canada culture. But he, yeah, I don't know. I, People I, from big cities don't really like it. I I,
2: guess. I I assume it's a lot like high school football culture in like certain parts of America where like that's the biggest game in town, that in specific parts of Canada the CFL is just the biggest game in town and like no one else get, quite gets quite gets
3: Yeah, they just like get it's cold out. They get see in in Western teams in like America are seen as like soft and like their fan bases don't care. But in Canada, the Western CFL teams sort of have that like Northeast college NFL fan feel to them. Like they just like getting drunk outdoors and hanging out brewskis Well, it's much colder
2: in Western Canada than it is on the west coast of the yeah, United States. Yeah, but that's States. my point. That's why I yeah. made the comparison. They yeah, have I this you. like
3: northeast, yeah, football fan vibe to them in some way.
2: Do you think they have all these CFL parties, Pizzola to give the offensive linemen who aren't in the games some extra bucks for being bouncers?
4: <laughs> I mean, I, I I don't know. I like I I I don't know what this party was. Like I I'm trying to remember specific like. It was definitely a hotel downtown. It was like, it was a, like Roy- a hotel. Roy- party. And we just went into like the conference room and there was just a lot of CFL fans there. That's all I remember. And you're right, Pat. It was like different. I don't remember who played in the game. I couldn't tell you because all I can picture is jerseys of every single team at this event and a really long line for drinks. I remember someone passed out. Someone's girlfriend passed out. I don't know, she was completely plastered. Uh, I, I might've been Cam's girlfriend at the time. I don't even remember this the night well enough. Sorry if it wasn't Cam. I apologize. I know you're watching this after the fact. You're going to yell at me or whatever, but I think it was Cam's girlfriend passed out. <laughs> Cohen's telling people he's an offensive lineman. It was just a shit show of an evening. And uh, I don't like, yeah, it was like uh, the, just a weird night. Like the CFL brings out the weirdest people. That's, that's all I can say about that. So
2: I will make Tampa Bay minus 3.5 still my silver pick. Because I still think they win the game by a bunch. Again, I have it at 2.5. It's hard for me to be here and be like, hey, bet 3.5 when I'm not going to bet 3.5. I've already bet 2.5. I wouldn't wouldn't bet it again at 3.5. That seems kind of weird. But I do think that they cover that number. So I will give it out as my silver pick. Bronze pick, uh, Jeff as Cam. Have fun with this one. Uh, Although... You know, you know what, Jeff? Uh, I I see you trying to take this like potentially fake half point here.
4: Could could I do like, I I think I know what this is. Could I do a a Cam impression of how I think he would deliver this pick? It could be be horrible. I
2: like this pick too, by the way.
4: Okay. So this is the Titans, right? The fake half point is one to seven. Okay. (laughs) That's the classic Cam, by the way. He's always going to get the... The number that doesn't exist. All right.
2: No, I actually went and looked at the site that I'm pretty sure the KM uses, and it was plus seven this morning.
4: Okay, fair enough. Like, he he, he has he has good intentions. Let's leave it at that. But he would, he would roll it out like this. He'd be like, you know me, Pizzola. I'm a sucker for these big dogs. I can't pass up the Titans. Roar, roar, Titans plus seven. I'm going to tell you about my week, Pizzola. Billy the doorman called me. He told me the Pats are winning the Super Bowl this year. I went to the local Indian food store. Very nice lady working there. Even she's telling me Bill Belichick is the coach of the year. You know this, Pizzola. You know this. When everybody zigs, sometimes you have to zag. The odds makers, they could have made this spread seven and a half, and everyone would be betting the Patriots. So you got to wonder if they know something, because they set this spread to six and a half or seven. They let everybody take that bait. Oh, fishing, taking that bait. And everyone's going to take the bait on the New England Patriots. I'm not taking the bait. Tennessee Titans plus seven. That's pretty good. That that like that that's a, a classic. I feel like that's exactly how he would have delivered. Like, I don't do the Cam voice well enough, but the the, the talking points, he always draws like some reference from his real life. So the, that's why through like the Billy the Doorman and, and the Indian food store and whatever, he, he likes to throw that into his picks. And he always likes to talk about when everyone goes one way. You gotta go the other. And he loves to loop me in all the time. You know this, Pizzola. He acts like <laughs> like, like like I know like I, I'm I'm on the same page every single time. But I feel like that's how he would have delivered
2: it. Well you have to go too. I mean, you can go an alternate route with it. It's just like Pizzola, you know this. We'll go that way <laughs> with we'll.
4: you, you could you could.
2: Vrabel, he has Bill Belichick's number. We know. We've seen it too many times with the Tennessee Titans here. And they're big. Doug, you know I love the pooches. So we have the pooches. They have the dogs are going to be barking this weekend. As Jeff said earlier, fee-fi-fo-fum. The Titans, the, the mystical creature, these Titans are coming through for us. But the big thing here is I was watching one of these shows, Jeff, this morning. Murder Mystery Show. It was the Lorena Bobbitt murders. And she went in and she cut the dick off her husband back in the 90s. And it was just a scene. We know that Mike Rabel has already threatened to do that. Think about what we have in store for Bill Belichick this weekend if Rabel really gets his hands on him. So, Titans plus seven. I found the point. It's fine. Don't worry about that. Woo! I don't have a good Titan sound, but I wish I could.
4: He, he, he would roar. He would roar I for know. a Titan. He would one hundred percent roar for a titan. It doesn't matter. Like I said, like when he doesn't have a sound effect for somebody, he's gonna make the roaring sound. Roar, and he does the hands. He makes sure he does the claws as well to make sure. Their
3: logo is like a sword, so maybe he would. Yeah, I guess he doesn't have like a carving knife sound. Yeah, it makes total sense why Cam would like Tennessee, and this does feel like a typical game. I hate picking a side. Although I did it with the Raiders, where I actually think they're going to cover but not win. Like, I really don't like doing that. Um, but I do believe the Titans cover and the Patriots win. But I don't know. The, without AJ Brown, now who, like, they're, they're such a different team. And you're literally betting on Mike Vrabel's ability to cover spreads, which he is fantastic at. That's what you're betting on, like, because yeah. I don't see it on the on the fifty threes. I, I think
4: there's a lot the, there's a lot of hype around the Patriots right now. A lot of people talking about this is going to like they're going to the Super Bowl again. Belichick Brady Super Bowl. Which, by the way, find me in in a ditch or laying down on the 401 i I'll go to a movie
3: with you or something. Like yeah. I'm not
4: watching that. I'll lay down on the on the the four hundred one if it's Belichick Brady Super Bowl. I <laughs> want nothing to do with that. But the reality is that, like, I just don't think this is. Like, at some point, the Patriots are overvalued and are going to come back down to earth. At least I believe that. I just don't think that this is necessarily the game because of just all the offensive weapons that are missing from the Titans. I mean, you take away Derrick Henry, Julio Jones, A.J. Brown, I think, is not going to play this week. Like, it does not look good for him. He's not practicing. It seems like they're likely going to go forward without him. They just, like, it it kind of reminds me of the Patriots are falling into a very good spot like they did with the Falcons last week with a bunch of injuries. Again, they're going to take advantage of a beat up team and it's going to create even like a, this bigger false perception of how good they are. Um, but I don't know, this is not the week for me where I I get on board with the Titans. I just think that they're the injury report is horrible. Like it's, it's very, very bad for them. And, uh, all, you know, like Obviously, we're talking about the full complement of weapons. It's a different story, but asking Tannehill to do damage on this defense, I, I just don't see it happening. So for me, it's a, it's a pass, but I can see why uh, Cam wants to zig when everybody else is going to zag. Who do you have as a bronze pick? I'm taking Tampa Bay. And mm-hmm. uh, like, I like the Colts quite a bit last week because of how they matched up with Buffalo. I think they match up terribly with Tampa Bay. Like Jonathan Taylor ran for like 100 touchdowns last week because the Bills rush defense is a paper tiger. They played nobody else this year with a pulse besides Derrick Henry. But the Bucks have had like a top five run defense going on several years now. Vita is back practicing. Bruce Arians said this morning, you should be good to go. I like their ability to shut down the Colts running game. And then it's on Carson Wentz to throw on an improving secondary. They got Sean Murphy Bunting back last week. I've seen the Carson Wentz show play out many times before when he has to win the game for them. And like the only thing that mildly concerns me here is Tampa Bay's kind of been bad on the road this year, but it's not like they don't have a quarterback who knows how to win on the road. People like guys had a pretty decent career away from home and the Colts just don't generate pressure. Third last in the league in terms of pressure rates. They're not very good in pass defense. That's a problem against the bucks who pass on two thirds of their plays, the second most in the entire league. So Um, yes, it's been bet up from two and a half to three to three and a half, but for context, the Colts went to Buffalo last week. They closed seven point favorites or seven point underdogs in that game. We're giving like roughly one to one and a half points in home field advantage right now, but let's just say that it's even one and a half points. So 7 you he'd subtract one and a half twice. If the venue was being Indianapolis, Buffalo would have been roughly a four point favorite in Indianapolis last week. And now we're getting a number that's lower than that because the Colts beat them. And I think Tampa Bay is better than Buffalo. I think they're the best team in the league. I still think three and a half is a valuable number. Buccaneers minus three and a half, obviously line shop, get yourself the three. But for purposes of grading this show, I'm comfortable with the three and a half as well.
2: And you can do that at betstamp.app if you're looking to shop for the best number. But minus three and a half right now at DraftKingsSportsBook.com. And it's minus 105 uh, to bet the minus three and a half. So you're getting a little bit of relief on that. I'm sure that will change in the next 20 minutes after we finish recording. But those prices do kind of jump up and down. The fact that it's at minus 105 right now, if they do take enough Colts money, I think at that particular book, you might just see an industry-wide shift back to three for a little bit, then see what happens there. I don't think it would get any lower than three, though, do you?
4: I don't. I like all the early money was on Tampa here, driving this up to three. I'd be absolutely floored if we saw a number come back down below three at any point. So for my, oh, go ahead, Jeff.
3: No, I love that case. And it's another one of those games or the case that Rob made. And it's another game where it's like the road, the environment, the dome probably better suits the Bucs style of play than it does the home teams. I agree. Clearly. Good point. Yeah.
2: It'd be like, it'd be like if the bills played in Indianapolis, the bills probably do better.
4: Yeah, Probably shred that secondary the Colts don't have a good secondary they can be passed on and I'm I, like on paper they're fine but they just don't generate pressure so yep I mean uh I hope this is a big Brady game every you know Brady's that guy in my entire life like 20 years where I've gotten him wrong more than right which seems impossible but I mean if you just bet Brady for 20 years you would have done pretty well and uh, I'm not going to stop now <laughs>
2: So I have the short list down to three here for my final pick, uh, the bronze pick. I probably don't want to be flipping coins with the Jags game or the Jets game. I have no real lead, although I do like the Jags, and their pressure rate. I think that is what is going to really cause a lot of problems for Atlanta in that game, but you know the Jags also can't score, so that's a problem when it's a one and a half point spread, you need them to win the game. Cleveland plus four in Baltimore. Niners minus three at home against Minnesota against yeah against Minnesota. But the big one that I was looking at, Washington minus one at home on Monday Night Football. Is there just a chance that Seattle might be the worst team in the league until Russell Wilson gets healthy?
4: There is a chance that they are legitimately bad, but I think we're at the point now where I'm like kind of their floor? Uh, market yeah, floor? Like we're talking about. Washington being favored over Seattle, like I can't even really believe we're talking about this now. And I get it because the Seahawks have been really bad. Who knows what Russ's situation is like? But I, 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 it's like I, I, I personally, it's just like completely against my philosophy to play Washington in this game. I think this is a pure Seattle or nothing. Your other two plays, Pat. I mean, you you make your own bronze pick, but uh, I think the Browns at plus four at DraftKings is a very good price right now relative to the rest of market. And I do see this being a close game. Um, The Ravens defense, I think, is very overrated and they're dealing with a ton of injuries on the defensive side of the ball right now. You're always concerned with Baker Mayfield and whether or not he's healthy, but um, that seems like a pretty decent price with the Browns. And a lot of people are in love with the Vikings. Uh, I'm personally in love with San Fran going forwards. Anyone watching, if you can find 50 to one Super Bowl on San Fran, I would absolutely bet that they suffered. A ton of injuries on both sides of the ball to start the year. Um, this Vikings team might be without their entire defensive line. I don't know if Everson Griffin's going to play. I hope he's he is. Well the, there's the no
2: chance he plays, is there? Right. He can't play. Right. Okay,
4: <laughs> listen, guys. I'm just, I'm just saying. No, it's, not, yeah, no. it's okay. It's we can calm down here. But they're without their entire defensive line, is what I'm getting at. Against a power run game with a San Fran good offensive line. I understand that the Vikings always play close games. I get it. So there's some sort of appeal in backing them there. But I don't think this is a, a great matchup for them either. So I much prefer your other two options, Pat, um, to Washington, which I, I just can't – like I'm, I'm a math guy. I, mo- I statistically model games. I just can't get there yet. I think that it, it, you could be right. It's very plausible that the Seahawks just stink. I think it's more likely just some element of recency bias there.
2: It it may be, but, I mean, if you go back and look at it, Washington's been kind of good for, like, two months now. And they were just, I mean, remember the games that we were betting on Washington that they weren't covering? It's like, man, they really should have won that game. And now, all of a sudden, maybe just they're – They did so poorly based on red zone opportunities for like four straight weeks that everything has kind of come up in their favor the last two. So maybe things are equalizing a little bit and they're not this good uh, in terms of an offense. But they have not had any problems moving the ball all year long. They've just had problems scoring once they get close to the goal line. So even if they can do that on like 50% of their trips, they're not going to have a problem moving it on Seattle. And like it could just be. A situation where Washington is maybe a little bit better than what their record had been. I mean, coming out of the bye, they beat the Bucks and the Panthers. They they lost that game to the Packers and Broncos, two games that they probably could have won. They lost Very that misleading. game. Yeah, they yeah. lost that game to the Chiefs where that was tied at half and they were terrible in the second half. I mean, they've beat the Falcons. If we think that the Seahawks are just a legitimately shitty team, Washington should beat them, and you're getting a pretty good number on it if that's the case.
4: See, for me, I don't it's so hard with Seattle because they've looked so bad, but the, the first game back with um, Russell Wilson off the finger injury was when they got shut out against Aaron Rodgers against green Bay last week. I've talked about this dynamic many, many times before, but Seattle's basically preparing for Kyler Murray for an entire week. And then they end up getting Colt McCoy. And I know Colt McCoy is not a good quarterback. He should still be able to do something defensively, but we've seen this happen so many times in the NFL this season that I really think that there's something there where you game plan for one guy get somebody completely different and you just don't look great. And I, I, I you're making good points, Pat. Like I Washington to me was an undervalued team for a long time because they did have good uh, success rates and EPA per play. And they were just bogging down in the red zone. But I get to a point where I have to draw the line and be like, I, I don't think Russell Wilson should be a, an underdog to Taylor Heineke. And that's just kind of where I'm at there.
2: Okay, let's say Geno Smith was the quarterback in this game, and not Russell Wilson. What would be the spread?
4: Um, we could probably draw in past games to look at it, but we're probably looking at something like, based off the adjustment that was made earlier this year, something like Washington minus six.
2: Are we certain that this version of Russell Wilson, who I'm pretty sure still has a broken throwing hand, is worse than better or worse than Geno Smith right now?
4: We can never be certain about anything. I'd say I think it's highly probable. Okay. 95% sure that this Russell Wilson right now with another week to recover is better than Geno Smith.
2: Yes. Jeff, do you have a lead in this one?
3: It's so far away. Monday. <laughs> um, not really. I don't even remember what I picked on our show. And I think I joked, I don't even know if I'll be on the same side of it. Come, come Monday. It's a pick Monday nighter. I, I would probably be leaning, betting on the floor of Seattle, though, thinking this is the floor. But I see it from your end, Pat. Like, there's a thought, and you're not the first person I've, I've, I've heard it from, that, that um, it can get worse in Seattle potentially over the final month of, of the season. Yeah, like, it definitely
4: can. Like, Pete P- Carroll went to the podium after last week's game. And he walked away because he was so frustrated with the questions. Then he came back like five minutes later and he's like, I don't know what to do. I'm not used to this. Like we don't usually lose type of, se- and it, it, it could have gotten to the point where it's beyond recovery for Seattle. Like they're trying new, th- they're trying to get back to the running game. That's not working. I get it. I just, it it, it just goes against my principles as a better I mean, maybe you're right, Pat. Maybe this is not the floor for Seattle. Maybe there's potential for it to get so much worse. But if I'm talking from a pure probability perspective, I'd say the, the probability of it getting much worse than this is, is small. That's my my two cents.
3: I, I mean, I yeah. they haven't scored in two games. And that touchdown last week, I swear, was set up by the ball being an interception that took it to, like, inside the red zone. Yeah. So they're they're totally out of sync and I saw a thing that says Pete Carroll hasn't lost four straight games I think going back to his time not even the Patriots the Jets yeah. he was the coach of like did USC so yeah he's clearly like I don't even know what this is
2: I just feel like this is still only minus one because you just got to the... win the game. Oh, yeah. yeah. You, you just have to win the game. But the, yeah. this line would be so much bigger. Like, Russell Wilson gets a lot of credit for being Russell Wilson, which he should. But if he's not actually healthy Russell Wilson right now, I feel like Seattle's still getting credit in this spot where they shouldn't be getting it. Like, they're a bad team. Like, just even take out Russell Wilson. Like, their defense is bad. They have no offensive line. They have two awesome playmakers, and no one can get them the ball. They have no running game. It just that all that said, I'm going to take San Francisco minus three. Although the move is probably Cleveland (laughs) plus four, because that's just such a stinky, as Cam would point out, such a stinky game. It feels like a field goal game. I just don't know if I have the guts to put it in here.
4: Yeah. I think like, what is there really like a whole lot separating the Browns and the Ravens? I I guess it's, it's the concerns about Mayfield, right? Because the Browns for a couple weeks in a row, they barely beat the lions and they got smoked by the Patriots. So I get it. And, And like, I don't want to say you all always have to treat NFL teams like stocks, but like in the long run, it's, it's, is Cleveland going to have a lower point than what they've they're at right now over the course of the year, it's probably not going to be the case. Like this is a, a spread that if they had play, if these teams have played like a month ago, we're probably looking at Ravens two and a half or something like that has much changed. I don't know that, that a whole lot has changed. And also we got to talk about, like Lamar Jackson did miss, miss a week with an illness. If we look at quarterbacks that have missed a week of action this year and then came back afterwards, they've all stunk. Like Dak Prescott, Aaron Rodgers. We we've had some really stinker performances from these guys that have had a week off in between. So I don't think that that can be dismissed either.
3: Yeah, I guess. I don't know. I mean, if it, if he's not actually sore and it was just like a body illness, then I would like be less concerned about, about that. But I'm with you on, on that game. You in an AFC North game at plus four, you have so many outs from winning it up the board. Um, Sorry, from winning it outright to taking all those four points out, up the board. Um, Yeah. Classic playoff implication AFC North game. I'm taking four points.
2: Oh, here we go. San Francisco 60 to one to win the Super Bowl. Let's do it.
4: Ooh. I, I, I think, listen, obviously, this is very unlikely to happen. People have to understand if you're betting at, at, at 60 to one, then you need them to win the Super Bowl one out of every 61 times in order for it to be a worthwhile bet. I just feel like the 49ers are kind of coming into a zone. Like, remember how high the preseason expectations were of this team. And also look at Jimmy G's numbers when George Kittle is in the lineup versus when he is out. And they are substantially different. Um, So I I just feel like the 49ers, they could be that team that sneaks into the playoffs. And I could see them winning road games in Green Bay or against the Rams or whoever else, Dallas potentially that they might play. Like this is a team that can do damage. And
2: they should be able to potentially sneak in. Like they have a run coming up. Like they go Vikings, Seahawks. I mean, if I think the Seahawks are bad, which I kind of do. So you have the Seahawks. At the Bengals, probably a toss up. Then you go Falcons, Titans, Texans before you get to week yep. 17 against the Rams, where the Rams might be locked into the five seed. They might be locked into the one seed. Who knows what's going to be happening with the Rams there? But they should be comfortably in the playoffs in week 17. That I, I do think that the Niners can sneak in. Like you said, if they're full health, I mean, this is the same team that went to the Super Bowl basically two years ago <laughs> uh, when they were at full health. So they can most definitely do it.
3: And you also yeah. don't have to, I know you're talking to the larger audience, but two guys that uh, love making outright golf losers on a weekly basis. You don't need to explain that the 60 to one bet will probably lose to this guy. Just for the larger audience.
4: Like, I don't need the YouTube comments after the fact of like, way to go. Thanks. Pizzola. couldn't like, even lo- beat the Vikings. <laughs> exactly. Right. Like that. that's, that's what I'm, I'm trying to, to preface uh like trying to explain what makes this a valuable bet not necessarily that it's a guarantee to win because it definitely is not
2: rob pizzola guarantees the san francisco 49ers to win the super bowl at 60 to 1 take out a mortgage go put it on it right now that's what you said that's what i heard at least
4: as long as you don't tweet that pat because then it's going to get a lot of impressions and stuff like that and it'll live on in history but if if we can if they don't win we could just swipe this episode right under the rug like cam does with like the eggs that break on his um, when, when no, when no, no. So, so i'd
2: have to le- i'd have to leave it there for another 24 hours then get rid it's of true. it true. you have
4: to actually let it soak into the rug first so that you can clean it 20 20- i still don't understand the the thought process behind that but it seems to have worked for him so I'll give credit where it's due.
2: Uh did you catch any of this uh cuss stuff this week about him eating over the sink? Do you eat over the sink?
4: Uh I I don't. I never have. I don't understand. And then like Cam came in right away and he's like, who hasn't eaten over the sink? <laughs> I I eat like but but Cam's thing was like, oh, okay, in between shows, I I I pop like a beef patty in the microwave and eat it over the sink. Okay, I get that, but like for a sit-down meet, like if you're eating a meal, like your dinner or whatever, who I, I no, I don't eat over the sink. I, I didn't even know that's a thing. like I, I've seen it in like maybe The Simpsons like cartoons or something like that. I, I didn't know that it was a real life thing until I heard Cust say it. And the thing that gets me about Cust is like he's in disgust of the other people who don't do this as if they're like complete they're they're the weirdos. like you've never eaten over the sink. like what's wrong with you? like and I'm like, it's very triggering for me. These are triggering <laughs> events, but yes. I didn't hear it, (laughs) and it's not something that I do. No, I eat at my dinner table. Sometimes I'll eat in front of the TV, sit on a chair and eat, like if, if it's a meal that's amenable to doing so, but for the most part, I eat like a normal person.
2: So did you know that today, November 26th, 2021, I know that Jeff knows this, I don't know if the viewers know this, is the International Association of People Who Dine Over the Kitchen Sink. It's sinky day. Uh. This is a real thing, Pizzola, that we found. We entered this <laughs> world after Cuss said this, and this is all real stuff.
4: But, the, but there's, like, nowadays, there's a day of the year for everything, right? Like, I see this on Twitter all the time. There's always, like, some some trending hashtag, like, you know, I don't know. I can't even think of something stupid off the spot right now, but, like, there's stuff like this that happens on a regular basis. So it could be, like... Five people in the world that do this, and it becomes a thing just because of the access to the internet and social media. Now, I'm still not. A, I'm still not believing that this is a real thing that a, a large majority of people do.
3: I'm still of the belief most people inferred like meal as as like snacking or as something. any as have like polished a ba- a bag of chips over the sink. I've eaten a pastry like over the garbage like quickly. But Tim literally explained eating and this is gross to begin with, but how he would eat like full on like hungry man meals over the sink. Like how do you even balance that? Uh,
4: I, I, I don't know. Like maybe he does that because they're the hungry man's come in like that, that container where like you can spill easily. Right. You know what I'm, you know what no, I'm but getting
3: it's, at? It's, no, but it's in like a container. Like my
4: kids plates are divided <laughs> up. Pozola. Yeah, but sure. Like th- those green beans, like you try to scoop it with a fork out of the Hungry Man container. I could see how they could fall. <clears throat> Maybe you want to, excuse me, dying here, like Pat last year. Yeah, week.
3: whatever. Get a placemat. At, get a placemat. Sit at your table. Put on, uh, you know, put on your Fox News, Tim. Like, like the If
4: you're eating over the sink, it's a time thing, right? It has to be a time thing because like it's like i'm in a rush i just got to scarf this down i don't have time to put it in a plate clean up or whatever so so cams logically makes sense to me right you know i finish a show i got another show to do in five minutes i got to scarf down this Jamaican. can't even
3: come out at a commercial and like wolf some half of his whatever this whatever sitting at his desk over uh over uh thing you've all like you've done live tv because all you've done live programming like that's not what we are talking about but it's not what we're we're talking about
2: the way the cuss described it it wasn't so much a time thing because i do get that part uh but tim was like yeah i don't want to clean a plate like don't you have a dishwasher
4: i I, I don't i'm getting more agitated with this conversation as it goes on like yeah that that, that's not a valid reason like especially if you do have a dishwasher like I can understand, okay, if you if you actually have to, to wash your plates by hand, you don't own a dishwasher, okay, maybe. Like I, I would still eat at the table, me personally, but there's some people who just don't want to go through the process of having to clean dishes regularly. I get it. But if you can just pop it in a dishwasher afterwards, like you, you don't even have to rinse. Like th- these dishwasher detergents are so good nowadays. You don't even have to rinse the plates anymore. You could just throw it right in there. So there's like nothing stopping you. Um, I don't know. I, I feel like you just kind of, I mean... Cuss is a weird dude to each their own, but, um, yeah, it's not, it's not for me. I mean, I, I like to, to sit, have my drink with me, fork and knife. And when I'm done, stuff goes in the dishwasher very easily. And that's it.
2: Jeff, uh, we'll save this for Wednesday's spread show. However, uh, Tim talked about how he cooks a grilled cheese sandwich while we were all together oh. last night and probably was being yelled at as loud as people could by five separate people in the room at one time. It was pretty hilarious.
4: Wait, how how do you mess up a grilled cheese sandwich? Like, you just put butter on both sides and put it into a hot pan?
2: No butter involved in this.
4: Oh, my God. He's Uh, got a pull-up, Pozzola, on his... Tell me this guy's using, like, vegetable oil or something like
3: that.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Or he was just spraying the piece of toast with her piece of bread with Pam and putting it in.
4: I, I don't, under, I honestly don't understand, man. I don't understand. I, I don't get the guy. I won't discriminate. It works for him. He's happy in life. I just don't get it. I, I don't, I don't, I don't get it. I, uh, I mean, it's just the, the most simple thing you could possibly make. Like Aside from putting like peanut butter on or jelly on bread. You got to just put the cheese in butter, both sides. Couple minutes in a hot pan, and that's it. Like it's oh my god, what's better to cook? Olive oil, oh my god, Olive.
2: <laughs> 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 Hey, in his mind, he, in his mind, he won the poll because he got over five percent. It was five point one percent.
4: Sorry, b-
3: people use mayonnaise as well. Yeah, that the was a bit.
2: That was a big like. We even know that makes
3: that. more. S- Yeah, that that's I've never seen that, but that actually makes more sense than all than oil. Oh, Uh, I
4: I think I listen, none of these I'm so conditioned in my brain to use butter for a grilled cheese or margarine if I'm feeling a little bit healthy, which is like a butter alternative, very similar texture, but (laughs) olive oil and mayonnaise like
2: Paul says mayonnaise
4: works. These are the times where I want to log off forever. Just See, forget that that life exists.
3: I know this sounds gross, and I would never do it with mayonnaise. But if I did do it with mayonnaise, I would probably do it with butter and mayonnaise. Like, there's no scenario where grilled cheese gets made without butter. I I agree.
4: I I mean, yeah. I I, I don't. Uh, I agree. But here's like what gets me right. Well, I guess cust isn't making the grilled cheese with mayonnaise. Did he say he makes it with mayonnaise no. as well, or just all of? Okay. No, just all. Because because pan. if he's eating over the sink because he doesn't want to dirty a plate, but then he's going to put mayonnaise in a pan and have to wash that, like that defies logic. So at least he's not doing that. That which, I mean, that would be hypocritical, right? If that's the case. Oh, that wouldn't stop him though. Right, but but like the the logic just wouldn't be there.
2: Yeah, but you're thinking about this logically. You cannot do that in this situation.
4: So like I I'm uh, like both my parents are are or one of my my mother's born in Italy, my father came over from Italy when he was very young. We use olive oil to cook for pretty much everything. It's like a starting point and but I would still never consider olive oil <laughs> <laughs> for grilled cheese sandwich. Like that's how ingrained the butter is in like it, it would honestly even if I cooked a grilled cheese sandwich in front of my parents with using olive oil in the pan, they would look at me with so much confusion, even though they only cook with olive oil. Like that's how this, that's how weird this is. I really have to point out how weird this is. And there's like 5% of the people on that vote use olive oil. Who are these people? But there'll probably be, but there'll probably be like a day in a couple of weeks where it's, you know, national cook your grilled cheese with olive oil day. And these people (laughs) will come together and celebrate.
2: That will do it on the week 12 best bet show. Cam says he shall be healthy enough to return next week, but I would love to thank Jeff Feinberg for filling in. Thanks, dude.
3: No problem. And I'll, I got to say this. I tuned into cam late last night. He looked beaten down. I knew I was going to be pinch hitting today. <laughs> like I, I could even show you a screen grab or two. I, I think he, he was so weathered. He was on so late with morenzi last night. It, it's a good thing. He's not like, I, I
4: already, Listen, I'll, I'll give you, like, my weekly preparation for Pat's show is I always come up with, like, two or three points that I know are going to trigger Cam. And I really try to fit those in at some <laughs> point. And I had a lot of Thanksgiving stuff ready that I knew he was, like, he was going to get real fired up about. But he he did look beat up last night. And, uh, yeah, Jeff, like, I, I can't, tr- like, Jeff, I can, I can talk shit about the Chargers, but Jeff knows that I, I kind of like the Chargers. So it's not real. It's not coming... But when when I say something that that gets Cam fired up, he knows I might be joking, but it still rattles him to his core. And today would have been a bad morning for him. Like if he if he was tired, not feeling well, and had to defend himself on on some of the Thanksgiving stuff, uh, it would have been a. It would have been a, a pretty bad show, I think. So, well,
3: everyone's lost because it probably would have been fantastic. Well, just, j-
4: just save it for next week. It's not like it listen, it's my, well, show. I will. Like, we, the, we, we the, these, these are ongoing points. Week. Yeah. These are,
3: and I can hit on the same stuff like over again, and he will forget we've yeah. talked about it. And you he'll don't still need to make fun it. of Cam for like a bad bet or like, yeah, no, that's not what Pozzola has. He's not here for that. He's got like evergreen ammo. Yes, like, uh, listen, I, I want to make the
4: shows as entertaining as possible. The, stu- the thing is, most of the shows, I don't even have to use anything that I've come up with beforehand because he says something so outlandish on air that, like, we kind of catch him in it, and then he's forced to defend himself on the spot, and he gets very rattled. Like like the episode where he was talking about how horses are an animal. Like, <laughs> you can't prep for that, right? Like, if somebody says to you, a horse isn't an animal, you, you, you got you to you make sure you heard it correctly first but then you got to go in on that you can't just let them get away with it but he tried to double down he's like no it's it's not an animal what was it It, is it equine it's an equine it's not an animal that was that was an interesting one
3: i'll tell you that
4: jeff you got anything going on this weekend
3: uh no i don't no odds
2: checker nothing like that
3: no, listen, there's no, yeah, there's no golf this week. So honestly, kind of a quiet week for me. And I don't know, hope everyone had, had a great Thanksgiving.
2: All right, Pizzola, are you doing your Sunday stream?
4: I am doing my Sunday stream. You can check it out 11 a.m. Eastern time. Uh, follow me on Twitter at Rob Pizzola. It's posted there. And for anyone who wants to get better at sports betting, download Betstamp, wherever you download your apps, check it out, betstamp.app. There's actually a great, feature. Now for those who use DraftKings already, we have a feature called BetLink. You place your bets at DraftKings. It actually automatically pulls your bets in from DraftKings into the BetStamp app to track them for you. Gives you some advice on where you can improve uh, where you're going wrong. So please check out BetStamp. I'm very confident it will make you a better better.
2: All right. I'm Pat Mayo. That was the show. Rate, review, and subscribe to the Pat Mayo Experience audio podcast if you want to get into a draw. For one of 3 $100 giveaways which Jeff and I will be giving out on next Wednesday's show. Again, Apple podcast, 5-star review, something you enjoy, Twitter handle or email address and boom, you're in that draw. Playing the listeners league as well on DraftKings link is down in the description. Thank you all for watching. I'll see you next time.
1: Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium?